Welcome, everyone, to the Our Strange Skies podcast. I am your host, Rob Christofferson, and I'm joined today by the top artist from my Spotify rap this year. It's, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. You know, if on the streaming services, you know him as Big Cats, but here today, he's one of the sweary boys. It's Spencer Worth Davis. Welcome back to the pod, man. Thank you, thank you. It feels feels good to be here, man. And thanks for that uh, fifty cents you sp- you sent my way via Spotify. I appreciate that. Hey, no problem, man. Uh, I must say, um, I listened to uh, a movie about the end of the world set in nineteen nineties Las Vegas probably fifty times this year at Damn. least. Yeah. Well, thanks. I'm glad you liked it. It was. It's kind of like the the perfect music for a lot of occasions like if i'm if i'm writing an episode i'll throw it on sure. if i yeah. am if i am in kind of a shit mood i'll throw it on and it usually you know helps with that so uh yeah nice. man i just love the fuck out of that album awesome thank you so man it's been uh y- you guys uh, y- you guys wrap things up over at the what if podcast in april and yeah uh, what what do you what have you been up to, man? Well, um, how much time you got? <laughs> <laughs> we got a little. We got a little time. We got a little. Okay, bit. okay. Um, I've been working on another podcast for the last um uh, just just under a year that I'm finally launching uh, next month. So I can't can't divulge too many details yet, but I got a new podcast uh, that'll be rolling out in January. And then uh, maybe maybe bringing back an old podcast as well in January. So interesting. Uh, yeah, been been working on some podcasts. Been been working on some music. Just just staying busy as best I can. That's good, man. It's good to know. Uh, everybody is going to be anticipating your voice again in the podcasting <laughs> world. I'm telling you. I talked to people, and Thank there you. there were people that cried. Man, there were people that cried when you guys. Was it was it just Ryan? Did you just talk to Ryan? <laughs> no, I talked I talked to a couple of people. Uh I may have talked to Ryan. He may have been one, but uh okay. Okay. you know. Uh there's at least one other. Yeah, there's there there were a couple, but uh yeah, it's uh uh everybody misses it, but uh it's good to know that you've got some other stuff coming down the line and yeah. and not too far away, which which is great. So Thank you for coming on for this episode because this was like a, a last minute thing because uh, I had originally recorded uh, an episode about the aerial school landing and then sure. I was told of a, a an opportunity for an interview with not one of the witnesses but like somebody who lived in the area at the time. So I'm like, okay, okay. We, we can push this off for a little while. I need to fill the slot and, and you came through, man. You came through. I'm I'm a slot filler, bro. I'm I'm here for you. Yes, you you, you fill so many roles, dude. So many roles. <laughs> All right, what do you what do you got for us today? So last episode, uh, we we uh, my uh, Brian, I had Brian on, and uh, uh, we talked about this really strange abduction from South America and from Brazil. This guy uh, Jose Antonio da Silva, he basically was taken on board a ufo captured he was just like straight up ganked man they 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 paralyzed him and a big net and everything yeah oh yeah man oh yeah it was a giant fishing net yeah his ass oh yeah 
Yeah, pretty much. They dragged his ass to a very... Like, this UFO that they dragged him to was... It, it would have a home on HGTV on some, you know, show in which uh, somebody was repurposing trash and, and just, like, oh. upselling it. Sure, yeah. sure. Yeah, I mean, UFOs are kind of like the original tiny houses, right? Yeah. That's a good take. I, I That's a take I <laughs> had never it? considered before. It? No, it's a perfect take. <laughs> Thank you. Because, like, you look at a tiny house from from the outside – and it looks, it doesn't look very impressive. Even if you're talking about Treehouse Masters, from the outside, <laughs> yeah, it's kind of impressive on uh, just a little bit. You go inside, and it's sprawling, it's comforting, it's welcoming. These crafts aren't that, but uh, they're probably the next best thing, I would say. Totally. Sure, sure. So we're, we're returning to South America again, and uh, we're covering that controversial topic of alien abduction. And uh, this is, you know, some more of that pre-Striberian and Hopkins-esque abduction era kind of stuff. Um, and I noted in the last episode that, uh, you know, during the 1960s and 70s, uh, particularly in countries like Brazil and Argentina, they were marked by what were known as uh, teleportation cases. They didn't call them abduction cases. They called them teleportation cases because... These folks would have a, a UFO sighting or an interaction with beings, and then they would find themselves hundreds of kilometers away from where they were taken. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, there was like a bunch of these cases reported uh, in the 60s and 70s, and uh, yeah, just like aliens being dicks. Wait, so no recollection of the like being taken or being dropped off piece? They would just, like, black out and then wake up 100 miles away? They would generally have a recollection of a UFO in most cases. That's, like, okay. pretty much it. So you see the UFO, there's a blackout, they wake up hundreds of kilometers from where they were. Damn. Okay. That sucks. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, this, is, uh, this is some, you know, cruel shit. Uh in 1973, when this particular event occurs, uh, the U.S. was caught up in its own wave of strange humanoid sightings that extended from about late September to early November, and uh, this is around the time of the infamous abduction, the Pascagoula abduction with Charles Sixon and Calvin Parker. Uh, Bro, look what's on my desk right now. I got the the October scenario. It's all about October of seventy three. Oh 73. snap! Yep, I'm reading this right now. It's it's oh, a good crazy. book. It's a good book. I I, I enjoy its uh, its depth on the seventy three stuff. Uh, minus uh, you know Kevin Randall, uh, his latest book is complete trash. But you know that book, not bad. Totally I mean, not bad. You know, plenty of UFO, UFO books are. It doesn't mean there aren't good stories in there. Oh, no, that that's absolutely true. I mean, I just, uh, you know, when you get into books called UFOs in the Deep State, I think I've reached my limits. Fair, fair. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, the, the past Google abduction gained, like, a boatload of attention worldwide and all that, all that good stuff. And, you know, it... Uh, uh, had people like J. Allen Hynek and James Harder, uh, who was a hypnotist, and 
Um, he was also a uh, physicist, I do believe, uh, brought him to the case. Um, but um, the U.S. was far from the only country that was experiencing activity. Uh, and for this particular case, we're headed to Argentina in the city of Bahia Blanca. Uh, 25-year-old Dionisio Yanka, uh, he, a reserved and shy man, he drove a truck for the uh, Transporte Comercial Automator Company or something like that. I probably totally butchered that, but, you know. Just Commercial trucking, we, we get the idea. Yeah. Uh, he didn't earn all that much. He earned about uh, 100,000 pesos a month, which uh, I couldn't get the total complete accurate number but it was under a thousand dollars a month basically so um yeah, 73 inflation you're yeah. probably not doing that bad but I mean, not he, great for for driving a truck yeah however many hours a day uh he he lived with his parents so you know i'm, I'm sure he was fine um but <laughs> uh, he served in the uh argentinian military in the uh, mountain logistics battalion for about a year from 69 to 70. Uh, and one of the things that these articles note is that Dionisio didn't have a lot of formal education. And and this is something that bugs the shit out of me is that uh, when you have these like white European dudes writing about people from like South America, they will always comment on their educational status, which I can kind of understand if you're trying to sell the fact that this guy is too stupid to make up stories about UFOs. If they, they really went out of their way to call him dumb in this article, though. Like, they, they hammered it home over and over that this man was not educated or and simple and whatever, not a creative man or whatever. Like, just over and over again. Like, bro, we get it. But yeah, they, they really, like, made sure we knew that they did not think this was a smart man. Yeah, just completely a total dunce that <laughs> could not have possibly made up this story at all. I mean, it's not like he watches TV or anything like that. Only only the smartest and most educated make up UFO stories, clearly. Yeah, yeah. You need at least a master's degree to make up a UFO story. <laughs> yeah, uh, and, and the funny thing is, is the, when they started publishing the articles about Antonio Villas Boas's abduction from 57 they they commented that you know he wasn't very bright wasn't well educated or whatever the dude went on to become a lawyer i'm like are you kidding me right now oh he's not he's not particularly smart but you know became a successful lawyer okay sure anyway so this this simple man was driving his truck yes on the night of this incident uh yanka uh, had actually stayed with his uncle uh, in his house, his name was uh, Enrique Ruiz, and he slept late that morning uh, because he was uh, driving truck that night. So you know, just made himself at home, made himself a meal, watched some TV. Uh, you know, had a siesta, which I imagine is pretty dope, and set out on the road by about midnight. And before he left, he noticed that one of the rear wheels of his Dodge 600 was low. But he just decided to ignore it. Okay. So by 12.45 a.m., he had pulled into an SO service station and filled up the tank, and he eyed that low tire again, and he chose to ignore it again. So 
Okay. I I don't I don't understand why he's doing this, but uh, you know, it's it's like it's one of those fate kind of things for for what's about to transpire. So uh, sure, the tire continued to get worse to the point where he had no choice uh, but to change it. So he had reached Villa Bordeaux, which was 18 kilometers or 11 miles from where he had left. So he had traveled 11 miles in about an hour and 15 minutes, which doesn't and, seem very far. And he also stopped 45 minutes after he left for yeah. the night? Yes. How, yeah, how does that work? I don't know, but I just... It was an he's, odd detail to me. Like, you, you, he's averaging like eight miles an hour. <laughs> Basically, what? <laughs> huh? Okay. I'm not, even in that first forty-five minutes, he would have gone way farther than that, right? Yeah, you would. That seems like we're missing something here. You would think, but uh, yeah, the uh, the you get abducted twice. They uh, they get him and then put him back in the truck, and they they accidentally like nick the tire when they were putting him back. No, I don't think there's any precursor event here, but uh, yeah, the the article was written by Gordon Creighton and Charles Bowen, who are kind of notorious for uh, writing articles from uh, countries uh, in South America, usually, because uh, uh, both of them, I think, are able to translate languages. I know Gordon Creighton can translate Portuguese. At least he usually does, but I was yeah. going to say that like it, it, it sounds like a, Hey, come here. It sounds like a, it sounds like a translation error or something almost, you know, like, yeah, like maybe went a little further than that. Just, just baby. Yeah. Uh, okay. So this dude is going eight miles an hour in his truck with a, a busted or a flat tire. Yeah. So he, he pulls over by Villa Bordeaux. Uh, and he decides to jack up uh, the truck and to replace the tire. Um, and as he was jacking up the truck, he noticed that this uh, yellowish light uh, was um, was coming in his direction. He thought it was from a, a pergo. Uh, and, and what's interesting here is uh, in one of the footnotes, uh, we're told that uh, Argentina is ob- obsessed with French cars at this point. So... Uh, you know, interesting little tidbit there. As in, like, they were importing a lot of them? Yes. Yeah. Okay. And and uh, Peugeot is a, I'm assuming, a French car? Yeah. Based on the name? Okay. Yep. Okay. So, and this is, this is what, like, one one fifteen in the morning now? One, he's pulled over? Yep. one fifteen in the morning. Okay. The light from this so-called approaching car changes to this bluish whitish color uh which he notices is kind of similar to an arc welder's torch so at this point dionisio he tries to lift himself up but he he just found that like he was stuck to the ground he was paralyzed in this kneeling position but he was he was kneeling he was kneeling down changing the tire yeah right Yeah. yeah okay and he was able to kind of turn slightly and that's when he noticed a luminous shape near a grove of trees. And he described it as like kind of like a large plate that was hovering motionless above the ground about 6 or 7 meters or 19 to 22 feet in the air. Closely behind him, 
he noticed that there were three figures standing there looking down at him. And he was speechless. He couldn't get out any words. Uh, it's kind of unclear if that's due to like this paralysis. Cause it, it seems like he's able to kind of turn his head a little bit to look, but, uh, you know, but he can't like get up. Right. And he can't speak. Nope. Cool. Cool. Yeah. It's, uh, this sucks pretty bad so far. Yep. Not the ideal. Uh, this is <laughs> the nightmare scenario. Dude, honestly, man, I, I'd be stressed about just a flat tire. Yeah, and it just made it worse by some freaking weirdos in a flying <laughs> plate. It's bullshit. <laughs> so these figures were very human-looking. There were two men and one woman, all with this long blonde hair. Uh, the woman's actually extended down to her back and... They were roughly all about the same height, uh, between 1.7 and 1.75 meters, so between about 5.6 and 5.8. And they wore this like same one-piece suit that was actually gray in color. And they wore long yellow boots uh, that touched almost to their knees, and they also wore gloves of the same uh, color, so... You know, really rocking uh, a very ugly outfit, from what I can tell. Um, Classic alien look, though. Mm-hmm. Totally. I've always wondered what the advantages of a jumpsuit in space must be. There have to be some, if everyone's doing it. Yeah, you would think so. And, I mean, maybe in space it just keeps everything snug and together, so, you know, you're you're comfortable... <laughs> And uh, you don't like I wonder if those things, you know, ride up at all, because that that seems like a problem. Well, yeah, Mm -hmm. I wonder with with different gravity, gravitational situations, Uh though. Yeah, that's a do you eliminate the riding up? Mm -hmm. But B, I would think zippered pockets would be at a premium. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like. All right, problem solved. We, we got it. Never mind. I figured out the jumpsuits. <laughs> I mean, the zippered, it's about the zippered pockets. I, I think the main problem is is that these none of these witnesses ever describe these things with pockets, and it is oh, it's a shit. crime. It's a crime. You know. Do you think that's just a a a lack of observation, or do you think you think there are a lot of like inside pockets? Ooh, maybe you, know, you got like one one zipper down the front, and then the whole. It's like the the guys who's like sell watches out of the trench coat. The whole inside is just lined with pockets. Yeah, maybe maybe we got some hidden pockets here. That's a that's a possibility here because uh, <laughs> if we have uh, some advanced technology here, you're not going to tell me that they don't have hidden pockets. Not only that, pockets that can conceal whatever thing might be you know might make that pocket bulge. I think that's important. Yeah, sure. Oh yeah. Gotta conceal the bulges in zero G. <laughs> you totally gotta conceal the bulges in zero G. Uh, it's the best way to do it. So, uh, what separates these people apart from uh, human beings is that they have very wide foreheads and they have uh, elongated eyes. Their eyes are still very human. They have, you know, like a pupil and an iris and stuff and stuff. The large forehead is not dissimilar to uh, there was a an episode that I did a few episodes back called the uh, Keneal case, and it's this case, this Buckwild case, 
in which these uh, these four kids observed on a beach these two very tall luminous beings appear lay down in the sand and transform into human beings so you know Damn. yeah got some shape-shifting <laughs> aliens nice. and the uh, they transformed one into a man one into a woman and the man had an excessively large forehead huh yeah i mean if you're why though you're shape-shifting and you're trying to appear human like it's I would think a forehead would be one of the easier parts of the human form to to render, right? Yeah. It's just sort of like a flat skin space. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, there's not a whole lot of detail there, you know, you just get the dimensions right and then you're set. Yeah. Right? You think it'd be simple, but like apparently I don't know if like skull size is a distinguishing feature like hey I I kind of want to stand out and freak you guys out because I I what's sure. interesting from there is that these two folks one, the this one guy who uh in the description he kind of looks like uh kind of like the Venusians did with this long blonde hair and kind of like maybe like a an olive colored skin and the woman that he was with was Asian. Uh, she had black hair, shorter black hair. But they just kind of just strolled into town, walked past the witnesses uh, as if, like, nothing had just happened and just walked into town. Wait, these are the, the shape-shifting beach aliens? Yeah. Oh, got it, got it. Yeah. Because I'm, I'm looking at the sketch of these of uh, these tall forehead aliens. Mm-hmm. And it's like from chin to the top of their head, their face is only taking up like the bottom third of that space. Yeah. Then it's all forehead to like a very high kind of widow's or widow's peak. No, reverse widow's peak situation. Yeah. Uh, I I would definitely characterize this as a large forehead receding hairline. That's um, the thing I was trying to say. Yeah. Not unattractive, though. I will say they are not unattractive. At least from this sketch. I don't know how accurate the sketch is, but I mean, if I'm just looking at the cover of this uh, article, not a fan. The way that that guy has uh, his hands on Dionysio's shoulders, I am not a fan of that. Yeah, the the two men basically just look like buff David Spade. Yep. That and is then, perfect. <laughs> and then there's like basically a normal looking woman with a with a big forehead in the middle. Yep. Yep. Uh, huh. I, I, that is the best description I could have th ever thought of for them. That's brilliant. Uh, if you want to, if you want to see these images, we'll post them to social media so that you can, you know, take a good long look at them and, and absorb their David Spadiness. Yeah. Just imagine like David Spade got cast for a Marvel movie and he's been working out for a couple months. Yep. Yeah, Totally. Uh, That's the vibe here. He, uh, I mean, just judging by the way that they're dressed, uh, it could be a recasting of Fantastic Four. So, yeah, yeah, very, very similar. Yep. These figures talked amongst themselves in an unrecognizable language that had no vowels, but they were de delivered in a very squeaky uh, voice with sharp tones. 
he described it as being similar to like a detuned radio. So that's not cool. I'm not down with that, but I always think it's interesting when there's like the combination of some sort of speech or sounds, but then also telepathic communication. It, it's weird because in this case, Dionysio says that they had a radio on them and that he heard a voice through a radio that uh, was kind of hard to hear, but it, it it talked to him in Spanish. This is a weird case in which there is no telepathic communication. Oh, okay. Maybe I was... Okay. So then, aside from, obviously, the UFO, mm-hmm. we have beings or whatever that look human minus like a big forehead Mm -hmm. and they're speaking spanish they uh through the radio yes uh or they're listening to a a radio that has someone speaking spanish on it uh it could have been you know i it might have been uh a light am station i'm not sure but uh you know so i guess i guess my question then is like how how do we know these are aliens other than the UFO, obviously. Um, we don't really know, and we're not going to get a lot of information about them being aliens. But okay, it's uh, and I don't even think Dionysio says that they're aliens at any point. But it's just, I think the it, it, the only the only factor that we have here is large foreheads. That's it. And and he's assuming that they are associated with this UFO that's nearby. Oh, right. Yeah. They're yeah. they're creatures from this UFO. Yes. Okay. Um, quote, one of them seized me by the collar and pulled me upright, forcibly, without violence. I tried to speak, but my voice would not come. While the one who had pulled me up held me, the other man put a device at the base of my index finger on my left hand. I got a good look at the device. It looked like a battery-operated electric shaver... And it had a nozzle, which they applied to me for a few seconds. It did not hurt. When they took it away, I had two drops of blood on my finger. I think I fainted then, because I don't remember anything else. End quote. So, blood sample. I don't know if Dionysio is not a fan of blood, but seemingly they take some blood and he passes out. It also sounds like it could potentially be an injection of some kind, though. No? Yeah, could be. Could very well be. I'm not sure what um, electric razors are capable of these days, but <laughs> I, I, we know in this case they, <laughs> they could take blood. Absolutely. <laughs> in the next conscious moment, it was between 2 and 3 a.m., Dionysio lifted himself up and found himself among some like carts that were stored inside of this corral. And uh, he was nauseous and cold, and his memory was just blank on a lot of things. He couldn't even remember his name or his truck or even his home. He didn't know uh, where he lived. So he followed uh, some lights that were coming from a nearby road, and that was when uh, he found that he was like 9.6 kilometers or about six miles from where he had had his UFO encounter. Uh, he lost consciousness again. And when he regained his faculties fully, 
found himself in a bed in Municipal Hospital in Bahia Blanca on October 30th. During his time at Municipal Hospital, Dionisio Yanka was under the care of Dr. Ricardo Smirnoff, and uh, in his own words, quote, I am a doctor of forensic medicine. On Saturdays and Sundays, I am on protocol. On Sunday, October 28th, about ha- at about half past nine in the morning, I received a telephone call from Dr. Altacaro, who worked in Spanish Hospital. She told me that she had a rather curious case. At 10.15, I went to the Spanish Hospital and saw there a man, aged 25 or 26, I was able to make a good estimate of his age right away, thanks to the tattoos on his left arm, who was suffering from a total retrograde amnesia. That is to say, he had forgotten everything about his past. He did not know who he was, where he had been born, or who his parents were. He was weeping continuously and asking in which town he was in. Dr. Altacaro told me that another man had left him at the hospital after finding him wandering around in the center of the town like an automaton and asking everyone he met where he could find the police station. At first, I thought he had been knocked down in the street by a car. I examined him. He apparently bore no lesions, but when I came to examine his head and as I was about to place my hand on his forehead... But, mark you, before I was able to do so, he instinctively threw himself backwards like someone protecting himself against something that was going to cause him pain. However, I found no excoriations or bruises or lumps, the classic bump in the head, and no burns. I defined it as a strange right parietotemporal pain. Then I had a check made in, in the police registers to see whether he had been in an accident or was a fugitive. And finally, I'd had him put a, into municipal hospital for a possible fracture of the skull. Obviously, a blow can cause amnesia, either partial or total. But I asked myself, what kind of blow can produce total amnesia without leaving a single mark? In this business of flying saucers, there are two attitudes you can adopt. Either you believe, or you don't believe. I don't believe, but I am obliged to admit, this case of Dionisio Yanka is very strange. Very extraordinary. End quote. He's got some memory issues, but they don't know what the cause is. It's not a blow to the head. And we have, well, like an hour and a half or so of, of missing time between when... He the the sorry the euphonauts approached him on the side of the road and when he came to like six miles away. Yeah, it's about an hour and forty five somewhere around there. Okay, which is almost exactly how far you could walk in that much time. Yeah, he probably could make it faster than he was driving. You know. Uh, He was averaging like eight miles an hour. Let's give him a little credit. You walk in like three. Uh, yeah, no, that, that, that's fair. Eduardo Mata, a psychiatrist, initially suggested Korsakoff syndrome, which is a disorder that affects the memory. It's usually caused by a deficiency of vitamin B1 as a result of alcohol abuse and eating disorder or chemotherapy, uh, which Yanka was not. Uh, it, 
didn't None fit of the, the above. Right. Though he hadn't examined him at the time, uh, you know, this wasn't likely as uh, Dionisio had never complained of memory problems before this incident. Uh, he pointed to his sincerity and fixation on work as a good character reference following uh, the incident because uh, Dionisio Yanka just kind of, as slowly as his memory started to come back, um, he was just obsessed with uh, his job and getting back out on the road. So uh, hmm. he pointed to that as, uh, you know, his, uh, as like a sincerity and, uh, he stated, quote, I believe that something tremendous happened to Dionisio Yanka that night, something fantastic and terrible, and that the psychological shock he suffered when he beheld that something could have produced in him the Korsakov syndrome, end quote. So even this guy doesn't really have a good explanation either. It's just he has memory issues and he doesn't really have any physical injuries. Other than, and I didn't see it noted in the article anywhere, but I believe he has a, uh, like a, I don't know if it's like a puncture mark or, or something on his parietal bone. So, don't have anything that, that seems like it's contributing to this. Okay, two, two quick questions for you. Mm-hmm. This information leading up until when he was approached and they got him with the, the electric razor mm-hmm. that's coming from him. Mm-hmm. So he, he remembers, he remembered that like up until that point. Yep. And it was okay. like, it was right after um, they took away that thing from his finger. He said that he blacked out. Okay. And then do we know what happened to his truck? Did it just sit on the side of the road until he, Went to go get it later? Yeah. Police actually found his truck. It was still up on the jack. Okay. So, uh, yeah, it was it was still sitting there just waiting to have that retire replaced, which I don't think uh, it had been. I think it was still... I don't think he had even put a, a wrench to the lug nuts at that point. So Okay. After he was found and after he was transferred to the hospital and such, uh, he was plagued by bad dreams, and his story received a lot of publicity in uh, Argentinian press and uh, throughout the course of the year and even into the next year, it would gain a little more national attention too. And he was candid in interviews and con- and concluded uh, one of them by saying, why did this have to happen to me? I say this every day when I get up and go to work. Um, <laughs> in the weeks following his encounter and hospitalization. Yanka was so troubled by what had happened to him that he worked with Eduardo Mata, who had assembled a team to get to the bottom of it all. It consisted of four psychiatrists, two psychologists, a surgeon, and a traumatologist. Dionisio agreed to undergo hypnosis and consented to the use of pentothal as an added measure. After several interviews under hypnosis, the team published their findings on January 25th, 1974. From where his last conscious memories left off, Yanka recalled being lifted up by the two men and carried to the hovering craft nearby. Uh, He tries to plead with them, offering his truck and his money, but they don't seem to acknowledge it. 
their language was very strange. He also described their language as kind of like the the buzzing of bees, which is very off-putting. Just like Oof. right off. I don't like that Oof. at all. No, sir. No. No. Ugh. Quote, I go up with the two men by a beam of light. The floor is like lead, silver. There is only one window, round. It looks like a ship. There are many devices, many, two televisions, uh, a radio. In one of the TV, you can see the stars. A radio speaks to me in Spanish and tells me not to be afraid, that they are friends, that they have been coming for a long time. They did not say where they came from because it was a secret for them. What are your thoughts on a spaceship that has allegedly or hypothetically arrived from another solar system having multiple tube televisions inside of it? It's weird. It's very, uh, <laughs> it it's, doesn't make any damn sense. I, I've just always found it strange how the technology like doesn't fit mm -hmm. or seems very of the era or like just just beyond the era like you would see just like what it's it's a very like 70s description of what something futuristic would be mm -hmm. where like realistically if aliens who had evolved a hundred percent separately from us across the galaxy developed technology it would probably be unrecognizable to us as such right it wouldn't be a, a damn tube tv showing you the stars yeah <laughs> I tend to wonder, given the primitiveness and technology, these fucking aliens, man, they would have loved MTV. They really would have. They would have gone nuts for it. I, I really do think that. I just like, is it a, is it that the person describing it, like that's the closest description they can give to what they saw and not that it was literally that, but like that's how it read to them? Is it that... Uh, same with speaking Spanish. Like, is it the aliens trying to create a familiar, like somewhat familiar setting for the person? Yeah, there's that idea. There's also the idea, and I know, and I don't want to lean into their theory that he just doesn't have like the terminology to kind of get it out. He doesn't have the wherewithal to describe it because he's too damn stupid. In other words. So like what what he's calling a TV is not literally a TV, but it's something akin to it, or it's a screen of some sort. Right. It could be you know something else, some other kind of like viewing screen or something. It, it's tough to really get to the bottom of this because um, the thing that they noted when they did these hypnosis sessions, and again, it's hypno hypnosis sessions, and well, I don't yeah, think there's that too. Yeah, I don't think pentothal is going to make a difference in this case. What? What you think the guy's gonna? It's somehow it's it's gonna make the guy tell the truth. Yeah, okay, right. That doesn't seem to be the issue here. No, it doesn't seem to be the issue at all. It it could just come down to interpretation of what he's seeing, and yeah. uh, there are medical instruments that we're going to get to here in a second. But it, fun. Yeah, not really, but you know <laughs> the the B people have medical instruments. Great, 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 great. <laughs> Yeah, and now I've got new nightmares of be people visiting <laughs> me must sleep with some medical instruments. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Good times. Oh, yeah. Quote, they said they had spoken with other men from Earth since the year 1950. They want to know if we can live on Earth with them. Your planet is bound to suffer very grave catastrophes if your behavior continues as it is at present. End quote. Not wrong, bud. Not wrong, buddy. No. We're going to keep ignoring that message, though, for uh, <laughs> oh, the absolutely. future. The beings went on further and, and stated that they had conducted experiments to see if humans could be adaptable to their climate. They informed him that a being of their own had assumed human form and lives on Earth. Oh, I mean, the beach guy. Uh, maybe it's the beach guy. We don't, we don't know. But I think it's likely in this case. Yeah. Although that was two beings, right? Uh, it was two beings, but I assume that there are plenty of these David Spades and woman combos out there. <laughs> I think sure. It's, yeah, absolutely. Da- David Spade and the Beach Bastards. <laughs> David Spade and the Beach Bastards. It's my new band. That's the that's the <laughs> new band. Put it on the list. Uh, uh, Dionisio uh, was apparently chosen because he was simple, simple, good man, uh, and they informed him that the most frightening thing of all that they may return for him again. The female arranged a series of instruments together on like the small kind of table, and then she put on this black glove. She placed the newly gloved hand on Yanka's forehead, and during the hypnosis session, he actually flinched, as if his eyebrow had been punctured by something. He recalled that the woman had made an incision in his right parietal bone, and that the gloves she wore had, like, suction valves in the palm. Ooh. Yeah, um... This is, I think that's interesting, you know, especially when you uh, think of, um, in sur- you know, in surgical procedures, how they have sucking machines to, you know, like. Technical term. Yeah. <laughs> sucking machines. Sucking machines. You know, uh, I clearly my medical degree is showing, but uh, yeah. It's, it's like the, the tubes at the bank. They just. Yeah. Whatever you don't need, you just toss it in there. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, you know, I, I'm assuming they operate kind of like the sucking machines in the di- in the dentist's office. So, you know. Yeah, except he's inserting it into a bone in your forehead. Same yeah. thing. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, one of the male figures appeared to be the pilot of the craft, and he stood near this control panel, while the other figure looked out into the sky through a glass panel. Throughout the course of his abduction, Yanka observed the two male figures with a pair of tubes attaching one to a high-tension wire while releasing the other into a nearby lake. So I guess we're getting some electricities from some power lines. Wait, okay, a high-tension wire meaning power line? Yeah. And then a lake? Yeah. Like some sort of circuit is being completed between the, the lake, the ship, and a power line? That's kind of how I interpreted it, yeah. Wow, that's cool. Yeah. That, that's a new one for me. During the process, a door malfunctioned on the craft, and several cables actually fell from the cockpit and landed on some of the high-voltage lines. Uh, they did nothing to retrieve them at all. <laughs> This is a shit show. Yeah, it is a kind of shit show, and I <laughs> Doors enjoy it. Doors are falling it. off. Yeah. Dropping shit into the lake. Huh. 
I enjoy when aliens fuck up. It's uh, it's truly great. No wonder they needed to abduct a, a simple man. They didn't know what the fuck they were doing. Yes. Do you think it would be flattering or insulting if the aliens told you that they thought you were a good abduction candidate? Oh, man. That's a good question right there. Like, um, is that a compliment? Uh, I think in the moment it is. I think in the moment, if you can set aside your fear just a little bit, be like, oh, wow, really? Me? <laughs> they like me. <laughs> oh, well, it's, it's probably good in the moment for you, right? If if they yeah. think you're like, if if they just generally think well of you, that that probably is better for you in that situation mm-hmm. than if they're like, man, this guy sucks, but we took him anyway. Yeah. So, uh, you know, with this week we have very human-looking aliens. Last week we had short. How do we describe them? Men with big heads, long beards, and long hair. Which would you rather be abducted by? These people or these very short, the, the like, gnome, gimli the gnome looking guys? motherfuckers, you know? Huh. Well, I guess it kind of, are, are they, is everything else the same? Are they doing the same things to me? Uh, no. They, a little more, like, this is very clinical in a way. You know, it's very mm-hmm. doctor's office feel. The other ones... They kind of had the doctor's office setting. So um, let me let me give you the the skinny on it a little bit. So this guy Jose Antonio da Silva, he was taken on board this craft, and he was uh, he was had this helmet placed on his head, kind of like you know the mafia dons when they don't want you to know where their headquarters are. And sure. uh, they transport him to a room, and in this room. There's a mural on the wall, and it looks like the mural like you would see in kind of a uh, pediatrician's office for the kids. You mm. know, it's got yeah, yeah. you know cars and trucks and animals and stuff on it. Yep. Next to it, on a shelf toward the ground, there were four dead bodies. You know, mm. just just there. Well, I would choose not that situation. Then. Yeah, yeah. What if I also told you that the hairy aliens? wanted you to be an ambassador for them so that your government could make an intergalactic arms deal for some weapons. Ooh. Yeah, I don't like that at all. Mm-hmm. Not, so we got dead bodies. Yep. Hairy aliens and some sort of like military multi-level marketing situation. Yes. Yeah, we, we this is totally the setup for an MLM. You know you're not going to make money on this. You know you're going to be sitting on a boatload of inventory until they decide (laughs) to come and pick it up. It's not a pleasant situation, and you are potentially betraying not only your country, but the planet. Yeah. I mean, my. so this seems obvious now. My my first answer was going to be, if we're talking medical experiments, maybe maybe this is racist against gnomes of me, but I feel like they might not have... The same levels of hygiene in their medical facilities, mm-hmm. like the 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 jumpsuits and like the the neatness of the other the other aliens implies that maybe maybe a cleaner operating room, maybe a little more attention to detail with the medical procedures. Yeah. Um, so if you're gonna be if you're gonna be chopping me up and and putting putting me on the sucky machine, I guess I'd rather go that route where at least I'm not gonna get you know some extra diseases along the way. 
just so you can you can see um i'll, I'll hold this oh, up for oh you. boy yeah this is this I, is i caught just a glimpse and i think i already um, hate it uh yeah, yeah. uh Whoop. oh boy oh, oh stupid oh. technology gotta gotta lock the orientation there bud yeah um we... well try oh. to get it uh there we go Oh, okay. Yeah. He's just real he's just real hairy. Eh, yeah, he's got That's uh, not so bad. He's got the uh, the only thing that's off putting about him is he's got green eyes. That's uh, <laughs> that's about it. People have green eyes. No no no, like there's no <laughs> no, the the entire eye itself is green. Oh it's, yeah, that's that's not so good. No. It's it's completely off putting, but I mean, I was fine with the dead bodies, but green eyes, no way. Absolutely not. Well, the thing was is that Jose Antonio couldn't determine how the bodies had d- died. Does his, it matter? Uh, his it, there's no good was, way that they died, right? Yeah, his assumption was that they died because they couldn't handle the shock of being on board uh, whatever UFO they were on. I mean, even if they died of of old age after living the happiest lives that ever any human has ever lived, I don't want to be in a room with four dead people just like stacked in the corner. No, that seems incredibly. Um, uh, you know, there's no closure there. There's no closure for my family. I my dead body is on a UFO with some weird, short, hairy looking aliens, and uh, yeah, just not. I'm just saying that here on Earth, I don't want to be in a room with four dead people. No. That's something I generally try and avoid. I, I generally try to avoid rooms with living people in them right now. Uh, <laughs> but yeah. If 100% of, of the people in that room are dead, yeah, I'm going to try and stay out of there. It seems like a place I probably don't want to be. That's that's solid logic. I can't argue with that. It's worked uh, so far. I have, yeah. not, I have not been dead yet. <laughs> You have not been dead yet. That's not that, yet. This is true. So this far, true. so good. So, according to the local power authority, there was a slight <laughs> fluctuation in current that night, uh, but it wasn't great enough to arouse any suspicions. It could have, you know, been accounted for a, a, a number of different explanations, just kind of like a surge here or there, or something like that. But uh, there was a slight anomaly there. We don't know how efficient these ships are. You know, maybe they don't need very much. Maybe there would have been a greater uh, abnormality had they, you know, not fucked up. Right. Mm-hmm. Maybe when they had the door malfunction and shit started sliding out into the lake, they had to cut it short. Yeah. It's also wild to travel across the galaxy when you need, like, a power grid to recharge your shit. Yeah. That seems like poor planning. Just a bit. Just just a bit. So, um, I got this from a different source. I did not get it from uh, the the original article, but uh, I, I wanted to include this tidbit because it's just it's, it just comes out of nowhere. Toward the end of the the encounter with these beings, the woman apparently abruptly just punched Dionysio in the left eyebrow. Oh, well, no wonder his shit hurts. Yeah. Wait, wait is this before or after she hooked him up to the, the sucky, sucky machine? Uh, this was after. Uh, she apparently then cleaned... <laughs> In the same it, spot? She punched him afterwards? Uh, pretty much, yeah. Uh, she cleaned and anesthetized the wound, though. Before. And then punched him? Yeah. Huh. Yep. Yep. 
just good old, a good healing punch. And you're fine. And you're you're, you're, good. you're good. Stitches? No, no, no. Just a quick, just a quick forehead punch. Yes. A punch to the forehead is one of the most disrespectful places you can punch somebody. Uh, yes, it is absolutely bonkers and uh, totally a, a dick move. It was just, it was completely unnecessary. Like, I find that uh, with the like, because like details in this case, even. Uh, under hypnosis, they were pretty scant. There weren't a lot of details here, but you're gonna remember if you get punched in the forehead by an alien, though. Like if yeah. there's one detail, I feel like that would be it. Yeah, I mean, she she probably had a hell of a left hook. I'm assuming. <laughs> just the forehead, like, is gonna hurt my hand, and it's not gonna do that much to you. Mm-hmm. But I just can't stand your ass so much <laughs> that I, I'm gonna do it anyway. <laughs> Right, like, did she punch him literally because she either doesn't want to be here, she doesn't want to deal with him, she doesn't want to be on this ship right now, she's probably got better things to do, like, what is... Maybe that's how, they don't have, like, the men in black pen thing figured out yet, that's how they do it, they just punch you real hard in the forehead once and hope that you forget? Yeah, like, how, how did, um, you know, a 1997 movie get to it? before they did i well, it was 73 man yeah, cut him some slack <laughs> but i mean like aliens <laughs> in 73 i mean they gotta be working with something better but uh, you know apparently not they had tube tvs and had to had to recharge off the, the earth power grid seems yeah. like these guys were barely scraping by you, you've got a point there you've absolutely got a point quote on top of the table there's a lighter along with a watch and a pack of cigarettes the woman gets a black glove with thumbtacks on the palm, approaches Ooh. to me, touches me. I slowly fall into a paddock by a beam of light. They told me they would come back and get me because I'm a good boy. <laughs> okay. okay. I feel it cold. A condescending, but <laughs> take what you can get. Yeah. Yeah. Like Maybe she was trying to pat him on the head and she didn't quite know how to do it. Maybe. Um, I feel cold. I start walking. Who am I? Who am I? End quote. Uh, that is, uh, yeah, his, his last thought, um, as he is returned from the ship, uh, and, and, uh, wakes up and and starts. And he, he comes to just like walking around outside. Yeah, not only that, he's walking around on the road. Huh. Yeah, it's 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 not uh it's not good. It's not good for Dionisio there, you know. It's uh it's it's pretty bad. Is it But there was there were no actual signs of head trauma, right? When he got examined that night or nope. the next morning? No. Nope. Because it seems like this dude got got whacked in the head when he got out of his truck, and then he started walking and came to later. Right? Yeah, yeah, it has that it has that kind of vibe. But uh, uh, there was no, you know, any kind of outward trauma visible on his head or anything like that. So, yeah, it's just it did this dude get in an accident? And but the truck he, was fine, right? Yeah, the, the truck was fine. There was nothing wrong with the truck, but like. Did he, well, well, here's the other question here. 
if he's sticking to the road and and this isn't just like a case of like he whacked his head and he and he walked away there had to have been a car or something that would have seen him um and maybe even stopped beforehand to pick him up but it's like one thirty, two o'clock in the morning though right uh i mean there was traffic on the road like it was sparse but there were still people that were driving uh, I'm just because he you... was driving on a major highway. Oh, yeah. Well, that's different. Yeah. What when they found him? Was he on that same highway? Uh, I don't think so. I think he was on a different. I think he was on a different okay. road. Oh yeah, something something fucky happened then. Mm, I mean, I can see not stopping for somebody walking down the side of a highway at two in the morning. Yeah, that's a that's not necessarily a, a situation you want to put yourself into. No. No, not not at all. Not at all. <laughs> Just this is I I've probably done stuff like this after a night of drinking, you know, out at a bar or something like that. Just uh in the way that I, you know, wandered home, uh got abducted. Got abducted <laughs> and uh traumatized and uh a lady punched me in the face and she called me a good boy or something. I don't know, but yeah, uh, I, when Dionisio returned to uh, like his everyday routine, uh, it wasn't like a normal life for him. Uh, according to his uncle, he desperately wanted to change his job after this incident, and who could blame him uh, if he truly did have an alien encounter with while he was trying to change a tire? Where uh, they also said they were going to come back for you. Yeah, yeah. I might not might not want to put myself back in that situation right away no not at all uh wait so sorry just backing up real quick his did his memory return at some point i slowly over time from like the the conscious stuff not the uh uh the stuff under hypnosis was like separate it was different but he knew who he was and all yeah. that eventually. Okay. Yeah, he started to regain his memories. I think like three days later, uh, when he uh, woke up again in the hospital. Okay. He was engaged to a woman shortly after, and desperately wanted to marry her as quickly as possible. The worst of all, though, is that his parents wanted nothing to do with him after this incident. Uh, his fiance, uh, her name was uh, Marta Gaetan, uh, wrote to his parents, and they returned a blunt letter saying that their son was no longer welcome at their home. Do we know why? No. Like, they just didn't want to be associated with the, the UFO I, guy? Because you said I, this did get some press, right? Yeah, I'm assuming that's what it has to do with. I don't think they believe their son for one minute. Um, it's It's unclear exactly what they thought, uh, because there's nothing really... Uh, further than that, but like that's that's cruel. That's pretty fucking. Oh, for cruel. sure. Yeah. And and the fiance he met after this, mm-hmm. and then immediately wanted to marry. Yes, huh. he, it just seemed like he wanted to, uh, like make a lot of life changes rather quick. Um, yeah. Uh, which I can, which, which kind of lends credence to uh, experiencing, you know, something so traumatic. Uh, yeah, something traumatic clearly happened mm-hmm. to this guy. Right. Like, your options are that I would assume if he didn't encounter aliens, then maybe he encountered somebody that wanted to rob him or something it, like that. It does have, I mean, if, 
if you take out the UFO sighting, which obviously is a is a big ask, but mm-hmm. the story reads very differently. Mm-hmm. Like it, it could be yeah. You get you get mugs. You get some sort of head trauma. You like it. It all reads very differently. If was the the UFO part though? Was he remembered that consciously? Right. That wasn't part of the, the hypnosis. Right. Hmm. Yeah, that's weird. And there were no other sightings in the area that night? Not that I read in this article. No, it doesn't mean that there wasn't, but... Uh, None reported, um, at least. There there was, like, a, a, during this... I think during the mid-70s, you know, there was a lot of UFO activity in Argentina, but regardless, there was nothing uh, corroborated in the in sure. the article that was written but it's bizarre man yeah it's 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 just a bizarre story and like because it, that has kind of shades of uh you know Betty and Barney Hill when people say well you know maybe they encountered some you know racist folks on the road and they just covered it up and it's just like i don't think Betty Hill's going to cover up uh you know uh, a racist attack for like 30 40 years like i don't think she's gonna do that that there was a lot of lead up to that yeah encounter too and like this i don't know this is a little different to Mm -hmm. me and just like how quickly it all seemed to happen yeah you get out you see a ufo and then within like a minute or two you've encountered aliens who have knocked you out like that's, from my recollection of the the Betty and Barney Hill stuff, like that's much more. Uh, that all happened much more quickly, mm-hmm. or their took, story it, it happened much long. more slowly, and they followed this light and pulled off to the side of the road and like actually saw a craft and all these other things first. This was like you pull over and a minute and a half later you're knocked out and going with the aliens. Yep. Weird. Very weird. So th- did they come back for him? Uh, it's unclear. Uh, we don't really know what happened to Dionisio Yanka uh, in the years following his in- incident. Uh, uh, I assume that he tried to live as much of a quiet life as he could after that. There's uh, even online and in some of the other additional sources, which really didn't add a whole heck of a lot uh, to his story. But uh, uh, there's like nothing about him anywhere. So. It's kind of uh, unclear what happened to Dionisio. Hopefully he lived a normal life, and hopefully his parents weren't complete shitbags to him for the rest of his life. Or the aliens got him for good. Mm, yeah, you know, you got a <laughs> kind of like a Granger-Taylor situation on your hands or something. Yeah. Well, let's hope he was just uh, ducking the spotlight instead of getting got. Uh, you know... Pour one out for Dionisio Yanka if you're going to folks. Uh, you know, hopefully. <laughs> He's probably still around, right? He was only 25 in, in 1973. In, in yeah, he might still be alive. I don't know. But uh, <laughs> uh, maybe in Argentina he's, um, you know, living that good life. Uh, maybe now Here's retired, hoping. you know, and, uh, uh, yeah, just enjoying himself. So, yeah, that's the story of Dionisio Yanka. Spencer... Uh, you, you know, you said you got some projects coming up, and mm-hmm. uh, they're gonna be, you know, you know, January's right around the corner. 
Mm-hmm. So I, I guess where where would be the best place to to stay updated about you know your upcoming releases and stuff? Great question. Um, I would, if I were you and wanted to stay updated on such things, I would go subscribe to the What If podcast on whatever podcast app you use. Um, and then you'll be sure to be updated on whatever it is I'm up to in the next couple weeks. Go, go subscribe. If you, uh, if you need to resubscribe, go resubscribe. Good stuff's coming along, folks. It's coming along the way. It's coming next year. As for us at the Our Strange Skies podcast, you can find us on most podcasting apps. Uh, and if you'd like to help us out, leaving ratings and reviews uh, on any al- app that allows it is is nice. It helps us out. You can do it on Spotify now, which is great. You know, sharing the show with a friend, that helps too. Uh, you know, if you want to kick us some money, uh, head on over to patreon.com slash yourufoguy. And for $3 a month, you're going to get early access to this episode uh, as early as tomorrow. So that that's oh, technically... Snap. Yeah, it's, it, it'll be released on the main feed on uh, December 27th, but it's going to be on the Patreon on the 21st. So head on over there, get early access to the episodes. We're also going to be doing a, a bonus episode here later on this week, uh, so uh, you're going to want to stick around for that. And and we're going to be talking about a, a briefly about a case that uh, is uh, you know an alien hitchhiker case. So. More aliens with funny head shapes coming up. Yeah, totally. Totally. You know, there are other projects that I'm a part of as well. So uh, check the link tree uh, in the show notes for this episode. Uh, if you want to go check those out, I am uh, a, on the Order of Podcasters is my redemption, uh, totally channeling that George Norrie energy uh, to be a completely uh, crazy chip beef magnate. We also have Rolling Through the Realms. Uh, we are on a bit of a break until about mid-January. We're coming back, but uh, we'll also be having uh, a bonus episode that'll be appearing on the Patreon for there. So my Patreon, it's all connected together. So uh, go check that out. Uh, special thanks to Spencer for coming on again, dude. Uh, it, it's been great having you on for this and and, and just talking to you in general. Uh, Likewise, been, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. So special thanks to floats for the use of their song ufo for the intro and outro to this program uh, and to the great desdemona for designing our logo and finally don't forget to look up because you never know what you'll find in our strange skies or over the skies of argentina in gray we trust